Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. I want you to look at John chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. We're going to keep reading verse 6. Jesus used this illustration, but they didn't understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I want to go back to verse 3, and I kind of want you just to look at that for a minute. In verse 3, in fact, in this story, Jesus takes his voice and the door, and he pairs them together. He does this for this teaching. He says, I am the door, but he also says, I am the voice. I'm the voice that the sheep follow. My sheep know my voice. Verse 5 lets us know that if you follow another voice, other than that of the shepherd, and I'll just turn to it, Jesus said his sheep will by no, under no circumstance will his sheep follow another voice. And he does this because he wants people to know the way home. That's why he said they didn't understand what he was saying in verse 6. He said, I told everybody, I'm the door, I'm the voice, I'm the shepherd, but people didn't understand it, so he broke it down, and he most assuredly. So he went on to explain it further because Jesus didn't want to just say nice religious things. Jesus wanted to say stuff that would not only help people out, but it would hook people up. It would get, and I'm going to prove that out of his own mouth in just a minute. He wanted to say things that would make all the difference in the world in people's lives. So he said, folks, my voice and the door are one. In fact, when you follow my voice, you're going to be led out of the door that you need to be led out of every day. I don't know if anybody remembers this or not, or you might have seen this on uh, social media years ago. But there was a video over in Europe or Germany or somewhere on a hillside, like a vacation uh, tourist area, and there was a huge herd of sheep, and the, there was a shepherd there. I mean, there was a, hundreds, if not thousands of sheep. And the shepherd would tell people that were uh, tourists, he would tell them what the uh, word or phrase was to call the sheep. You could hear them in the background. I, we played it here one Sunday morning. But he, he would call, uh, get different ones to call. And all of those sheep 
just kept on doing what they were doing, grazing or playing and all that. And all of a sudden, after dozens of people tried it, saying the same thing, the shepherd just stepped up one time. You remember if you were here. One time. He said the phrase he told them all. Heads went up and immediately sheep ran toward him. That's because those sheep were only trained, not to an imposter's voice, but they were trained to only respond to the shepherd that loved them and cared for them to, to, care, uh, to take care of them to, their, to his voice. And that's what they did. They would respond. Uh, people tried to sound like him. People tried to say it the way he said it, but, but they didn't move. And you know there's so much to say about that, and that's what Jesus is trying to drive home right here. My sheep, they know my voice. And today, when we uh, don't go in and out, of the door of Jesus every day, meaning, and I want to be clear as I can, meaning when you wake up in the morning, and, and I know people have different devotional schedules, that's great and that's fine. You have to do what works for you. However, I'm talking about when you leave your home, if you work second shift and you leave at night or afternoon or you work first or third or you have a 7-3 job or whatever, or you don't work at all, but you leave your house to go run errands or check on somebody every day, before you walk out of your home, I'm, I want to be clear about that, before you walk out of your dwelling place, you're going to walk out one of two doors. You're going to walk out of a door of the world, or you're going to walk out a door of the Word. Jesus is the Word. God sent His Word in flesh to dwell among us. And when you do not walk out of the door of Jesus Christ every day, and I'll talk just a minute about that, in, in a minute about that, but when you don't walk out in the Word with a conscious mind of Jesus Christ, you're walking out here into a world that's going to give you anything and everything, and it's not going to be for your benefit. So today we have a lot, we have a lot of doors that we could talk about, but I'm going to talk about six, well, really seven. And the first door that, that you walk out of, if you don't walk out of the door of Jesus Christ, is the one that I've kind of paired together, doubt and fear. You see, when you doubt God, you begin to fear the world. When you doubt God is when you fear man. See, you can't live in fear and live in faith at the same time. Amen? You can't do it. You cannot live in fear and say, I walk by faith at the same time. I've brought that up many times. And so when you begin to doubt God is when you will succumb and cave into the fear of the world, and all of us have seen this played out millions of times over the past uh, 30 months or so. When you doubt what God has said, I'm Jehovah Jireh, I'm a shield, I'm a buckler, I'm a tower the righteous run into and they are safe, that I'll never leave you, I'm Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, it's by my stripes you were healed. What about people that died? You were, you were chasing rabbits now. You've got to stay with me in the Word today. When you walk, see, the devil is, he, he is bidding for your attention right now too. So you've got to focus and you've got to dive into what we're talking about here. When you walk out of your house doubting what God has said, or you say, well, I'm going to try it today. If, if faith is something that you try, it's not the faith described in the Word of God. Faith is something you know. Faith is something you walk by. I said it last week. When you know that you know God is true and He's faithful in every area of your life, that's how you walk. But when you wonder about that and you doubt that, the first step out of your house every day that you catch, whether it's on the radio or on your phone or you catch it in the newspaper or on the TV before you leave home or at work or just in the general public. 
you will begin to date and entertain and embrace fear. See, doubt opens the door to fear. But when you walk in faith, it will always overpower and it, it, will, it will crush every area of doubt and fear in your life. In fact, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. I don't even think I brought my phone right here. But listen, I'll just quote it. I was going to quote to you. Yeah, I am too. Uh, no, I ain't neither. But anyway. Listen, when you walk by faith, you are not really interested in what the world is saying about anything. You don't, because you're a faith preacher. Do you all understand that, a, a faith preacher? That means you're not part of the world, you're not part of, you're not even part, and, and I'm going to just go ahead and say this. Anytime, because we got a lot of this going on in the war, in our country and in the world, if you still identify as a white Christian or black Christian or a Hispanic Christian or an Asian Christian or, uh, or you identify yourself by your country, I'm from Russia or I'm from America or I'm from Hawaii or wherever, I'm trying to be... If there's, if there's a part of you that still introduces or associates or relates to anything that has to do with the earth and the way it's, it terms people, then you're not walking according to the word of God. I'm just telling you the word. A lot, a lot of people still want to be white Christians. They want to be black Christians. They want to be uh, Ancestry.com Christians. You can't do that. And I, I, I won't argue with anybody. I won't even really do anything out, outside of preach about this because it's all over the Word of God from cover to cover. I'm just going to hit it real quick before I go back to that verse that's on my phone that's over there that I'm not going to get. So listen, the Bible says if you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross. That is a sign of laying down your life and picking up the life of Christ. Galatians 2.20, we are dead in Christ. We are dead, and we're only alive to Christ. That's another point. A third point is we are, we are pilgrims. We are uh, citizens of another country. We are strangers down here because we are only living alive in Christ. We are dead to the man that lives on the earth. We are dead to our old ways. We are dead to our old identity. So anytime you hear anybody that likes to subgroup Christianity into this, and this is why so many denominations all over the world are falling apart right now. I'm not against the denomination. I can't find it in the Bible, but what I'm telling you is, is, is that whenever you try to divide up the body of Christ, you're always going to get a bunch of junk. You're going to get trouble if you divide it by denominations, you, if you divide it by color, if you divide, divide it by uh, geographical locations and all that. When, that's what the whole upper room uh, experience was about. God showed, look, I can even solve language problems in me through the Spirit. The Lord proved all of that. And anytime people do that, and you know, politics has really embraced that, and they've made everything... Uh, from racial to uh, social classes and all that. And Christianity is just thrown in there with a uh, welcome wagon, uh, the Rotary Club, uh, the Ladies Club. All, uh, we're just in there with everything else. And I'm really about to get on to the message here in a minute. But I, I want you to understand where doubt and fear lives at. It lives out here in the world. And you embrace fear when you walk out of your house in doubt. You're going to, at some point during your day, you're going to take a hold of fear. And you're going to be afraid about something. That's why I told you to do like this until the trumpet sounds. If you want to know what's going to happen next, read the Bible. Just read the Bible. Read the Bible. 
And so perfect love casts out fear. And that's what that, in fact, if you want to just go back so you'll know I'm telling you the truth, if you have the Version Bible app, I think I, I look back today just to check. I think it was on Wednesday of this week that it talked about he that keepeth the, keeps the commandments of God. He loves God, and God loves him. And Jesus said, and I love him. That's because that person keeps what God says above what the word says, and perfect love Cast out fear. So when you walk out of your home every single day of your life and you're not walking in the love of God's word for God's word, you're going to crash and burn, church. I don't care how late you overslept, how many appointments you have, how many bills you've got to get paid by 12 o'clock or whatever you have to do. You are a walking target of fear every day if you don't walk out in the love of God and in the Word of God because you're going to doubt. I don't really believe it. He didn't answer my last 25 prayers. I ain't never seen God heal anybody. I hadn't seen any signs coming back of the Lord coming back. And if you hadn't seen signs yet, you're not going to see them. I'm just going to be nice to you today. You're not going to see them. We've been bleeding signs for two years. Bleeding signs. If you haven't seen any signs, just stop looking. Stop looking. It ain't good. Just stop looking. And so this right here, this door that you walk out of, if you're not careful, doubt and fear, this right here is a door of death. So when you walk out, in doubt, you walk into the world of fear. There's another, there's another door called the door of flesh right there. And a lot of people walk out of this door. A lot of people, a lot of Christians walk out of the door of flesh. You know what the door of flesh is? It's all about me. It's about my flesh, the flesh that really hasn't been crucified yet because I care about all of those identification marks. I care about all of that. I care about what people think about me. I care about money. I care about uh, being recognized. I care about uh, of people uh, knowing me. I, I have an arrogant uh, spirit because I'm better than you. There's a lot of that going on in the world. That's a flesh door right there. And when you entertain a flesh door, then a lot of people that are like that, they fake flesh with you but they really ain't made out of a whole lot neither and when you live a life of flesh to please others you care about other people's opinions hey and teens and young adults aren't the only ones like this I know 40 50 60 70 80 year old people that still walk out of a door of flesh every day of their life they do it they care what you think about them and they'll do anything for people. I, I, and I've got to be careful right now. God help me to stay right here, right now. They care. They want to be recognized and noticed so much they will do anything. You can read between lines if you want to. But I'm just here to let you know that people's flesh is a very, very, very uh, popular door that's in a lot of people's homes. When you don't love the word of God, when you don't walk in Jesus Christ because it's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. When you're not walking in Christ, there's a good chance you're going to walk out of a door of flesh. And this is a door of death too. And also that door of flesh. Can you mute me one second? <coughs> You're not upset about that, are you? I've been, I've been dating that call for about 10 minutes. And I had to tell it to get out of the car. I just, I'm sorry. 
But it's all right, though. That's that door of flesh that the devil's trying to get me to walk out of right now. And it's a door of death because if you reap to the flesh, the Bible says you're going to sow to the flesh. And there's nothing good at the end of that story. That's why people that are millionaires and billionaires commit suicide all the time because they sow to the flesh. There's nothing good in the flesh. That's why the Lord says crucify your flesh and walk and live in me. There's also a door of past. Now, you got to be careful right here because a lot of people don't realize this door, the door of their past right there. And there's a good chance everybody here, starting with the pastor, has walked through this door more than one time. You know what the door of past is? It's people that walk out, walk, wake up every day, <clears throat> and they walk into the world, and <clears throat> they're walking with it on their mind, and you can see it on their face, mistakes that they made 40 years ago or 24 hours ago. Am I talking to anybody today somewhere? You know people if it ain't you. Their past is their reputation that they had that they can't shake. It's still following them even though they are a Christian. It's also failures that they made, unfortunate events that happened. They didn't ask for, but it just happened that way. It's, it's their past. It's something that seems to be a door that every day, even if I read and pray and I listen to Caleb, when I walk, it, it just seems to be right there. It's in your mind. Do you know you've got to crucify your mind with the rest of your body? You've got to. The devil knows this is a vulnerable weakness in every man that is not walking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And you can only do that walking through Christ. And so the devil will get in your mind and he will do hellish CPR on thoughts, memories that you have. Nobody else has thought about but you, but it works for him when it comes to tripping you up. And so... He likes to do everything he can <clears throat> with a determined person walking out of the kitchen door or the living room door. You lock the deadbolt, you set the alarm, and boom, here he is. You got a flashback. You remember, and then you know what? You spend the rest of your day and the rest of the week thinking about that. It owns you. Now, you know you're not shouting today, and you don't have to shout today. Can I tell you something really good? By the way, last week when uh, uh, Beckham and Caitlin and Tyler and Law Kate were gone, uh, I think they were just listening to church or talking about it or something, and Beckham says, Mommy, uh, people clap when poppy do's good, don't they? And so, I'm not trying to do good or get you to clap. But what I want you to do is I want you to listen right now. Because whether you ever admit it to anybody, me or anybody even that's the closest to you as a person can be, there's always a chance because the devil was responsible for a lot of our past. Amen? On the other side of the cross, we did what that joker suggested for us to do. Amen? Because we wanted people to like us. We wanted people to accept us. We wanted to fit in. So we did everything we had to do doing all those other doors. And so your past is a valuable thing to the devil if you don't walk in Jesus Christ every day. And by the way, the door of past that you walk out of, unless you make your mind up, that's a door of death, too. It will kill you. You'll go to your grave thinking about your past. And this other one is label. I'm ready for another mute again. Y'all, I'm really sorry. I, I, God knows I'm sorry. That's so embarrassing. Um... Labels is not something that multitudes has a problem with in this church. Now, I'm going to say some things 
that if you are not listening right now, you're going to be very upset about, and you're going to go misquote me. So I'm, I'm giving a disclaimer for you, not for me. I don't care if you were known for doing drugs through Scotland and Robinson County and parts of every other county around us, and everybody knew you, and you walk in this church, I'm so glad to see you in church. I don't care if you are a homosexual man or a woman. I don't care if you've embezzled money or if you've ran around on your wife or husband or you have been an MIA father or mother or you've been a deadbeat or you've been somebody that's broken in and stolen and you've, and you've even done things that you, people would not even imagine. In here, we don't care about the labels. We don't care about the labels. I've had people to ask me about people with labels before. We don't care because I'm not interested in your label. I'm interested in what the blood of Jesus can do to everybody with a label. So, yeah, long time ago, a long time ago, the Warrenberg Exchange wrote an article about, um, and it wasn't even somebody, it was just somebody kind of freelancing for the paper at the time, and they, they uh, <laughs> wrote an article about our church and, you know, the different ministries that we did, and the, the person quoted me as saying that everybody's welcome. Everybody puts that on their sign, everybody's welcome. They don't mean that. They don't mean that. That's just a phrase people's come up with. Everybody ain't welcome in everybody's church. And, uh, and that, I'm just sorry. That's just a lie, okay? And people prove that every week at churches everywhere. But people are welcome here. Now, if you don't, if you don't want to be fed the word, if you don't want to be involved in worship, if you're here, just see if you can milk the church and get something out of it or swindle people. This ain't the church for you because we don't drink that Kool-Aid. We here, we here to give people life-changing messages that will change your eternal destination. We're not here to play games. We're not here to be sucker punched. And so go on, just go on. You, if you're not interested in eternity uh, in heaven, just go somewhere else where people gather just to be social every week. We're on a very small amount of time here. We're trying to finish our course doing what the Lord wants us to do. And in this article, quickly, I, I need to hurry. But this person. Now, I want to tell you all something. About 45 seconds ago, Theo was my oldest, my daddy's oldest son. <laughs> no, seriously, I know what he was doing, and I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's here. Praise God. Amen in today. Amen. Hey, while I'm on it, hey, God's brought you through some stuff, hasn't he, Theo? You should, hey, you should have been cancer dad too, amen? Praise God, church! Mm. But I had a preacher to stop me at a gas tank one time. Pastor, let me ask you something. That article in the paper sounded like you, uh, that you don't have a problem with homosexuals. I said, that ain't what, that ain't what I said. And I said, that ain't what the article said. I said, what I said, I said, everybody's welcome at this church. And I don't have a problem with homosexuals coming to this church. You don't even know how many homosexuals have attended this church, to be honest with you. And I thank God, hallelujah, there's a place that loves them enough that they can come in here and hear something that will possibly get them out of that bondage. Amen? But I, hey. I feel that way about deadbeats. I feel that way about adulterers. I feel that way about liars. See, people classify sin. God don't and I don't. They just sin. Any of it will send you to hell. 
And so I told the brother, I said, I didn't say that. No, sir. I said, they are welcome in our church. But our message has never changed. Never changed. I had a lady tell me one time of a, a, in a subdivision, just right up the road, says, uh, there's two men that have moved in, and they got a, uh, they're married, and they got a son or a daughter or a small family, and they're new to the area, and they, you know, puppets and all that. We, we, I told them, your church be good. You won't say anything. But I said, they're welcome to our church. Yes. I said, but I'm also going to say everything God tells me to say because I realize we could be the only church that possibly loves them enough to help them. So let's do this, church. Hey, and we do that. We feel that way in the youth student ministry. We feel that way in the children's ministry. We feel that way on Wednesday nights. We feel that way on Sunday nights. You come. But we're not going to do God nor you a disservice by milking and covering the truth up just because we don't want to be called out and we don't want to be talked about. Amen? Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came as a rock of offense. We're not trying to pick a fight, but at the same time, the Word of God cuts like a knife. Amen. It cuts this preacher all the time. All the time. So, labels are all about somebody's current opinion of you, a label that you may currently wear. You, you may be this, or you may be that. It might be even a label that you have told yourself in every day of your life you walk out of your house. You don't walk out in Christ, you walk out like this. And that label, that label's got you walking out that door. And when you walk out of your house through the door of a label, then what is going to happen all day long, that label is going to dominate your faith. You ain't going to have any. It's going to dominate your witness. You're not going to have one. It's going to blow out your light. You're not going to have light. It's going to do away with your salt, your salt and your light. It's, it's going to change the way people view Christianity. If you consider yourself to be a believer, it's going to rule and it's going to reign when you walk out in that label every day. Every day. Every day. This is why you've got to work on this right here. And the other door that, you know, I have to just watch out for this door and every person's lying right now if you say you don't have to worry about the door of anger every day. All right, here we go. It's on the radio, by the way. Ladies. Dog, Angie's in here today. Okay. No, I'm glad she is. Praise God. How many times have you told him to do something, and he didn't do it, and it all just seems to marinate and come together right the time... You walk out the door. You are mad the rest of the day. You don't even know if you're coming home, you're so mad. You don't even know if you're going to respond to his text. Or te and same thing, men. So, but, but, you know, it's always the women. Anyway, and so you're mad or the children didn't do something. Or you're mad because your mom or daddy didn't do what you wanted them to do. You're just mad. Are you mad because you saw the outcome of a political race that you should not be involved in, by the way? I knew that door would go too. Because you're not part of this system. Amen? If you are, second load. Hey, if I was still in the sign business, I'd make some stickers. Second load. And I would just, out of love, just start passing them out to people, I think. They second load. They ain't going first load. I wouldn't do that, but I mean, I'd feel like it. And then I'd get angry and walk out that door because people won't do right. And so every day of my life, I'm mad about something. I'm mad at you. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> I could be like the preacher that went off on the church because they didn't get him to watch, you know, and then he, that was funny, by the way, but that was sad that a preacher would even bring all that up. Man, I'm just mad all the time. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. And I walk out that door every day. I walk out, and I'm in anger. No salt, no light, no witness, 
no anything, no glory to God, no loving people more than I love myself because I'm ticked off. Is it all right to say that? I got Billy Weathers' thumb up, and that's all I care about because he knows who Buford Puster is. So the door of anger is a thing that I just walk out of every day. And then I realize every day of my life I'm worked up, I'm angry about something, and this door right here, you, you, you can justify it all you want to, but it's a door of death in the end because it will kill you. People are in hillside right now that died of stress because they live mad or upset or anxiety or anxious. The Bible says be anxious over nothing, by the way. People die all the time because of stress-related things. Because you're just angry, mad, 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 and it's never fixed anything. And so it's a door of death. But there's also a door of passiveness. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that. I, the Lord laid the word asleep because the Bible uses the word asleep, talking about being asleep. Every day you walk out this door and you do not realize what's going on. About to hit some landmines, so everybody just be careful. You don't know what's going on in your family. You don't know what's going on with your spouse. You don't know what's going on with your parents. You don't know what's going on with your friends. You don't know what's going on in the government. You don't know what's going on in social media. You don't know what's going on in the sky above you. You're just asleep. You don't know what's going on in Daniel and Revelation. You don't know, you really don't know what's going on in Israel and Iran right this second. Russia, Ukraine, and in Syria, North and South Korea. I know about all that, but there's people that are really, really, really uh, undergoing some, some bad stuff in Iran right now because of um, protest and all that. I mean, some bloody, gory stuff. You don't know about this. You're asleep. You just want Santa Claus to bring this present to you this year. Your mind's on Christmas. Your mind's on downtown right now, ain't it? Hey, look, Theo come, he, he come packing truth today. He's just going to... Confess your faults one to another. Hey, look. Your mind's on everything. And you're asleep about everything. You don't know what the author of confusion is doing right now. We've got a lot of people sick. And here's one of the other landmines right now. There's no way in this world, no way, flu-like stuff is spreading without the assistance of some kind of igniter somewhere. You can read between them lines. But there's, there's been an ongoing, an ongoing desire to do away with people. Now, this is where I get censored like crazy. And I don't care because they can't untake it out of your ears and your head. Amen? So I'm about to put it there through the help of the Holy Ghost. So here, listen to this. A, a week ago, we passed the 8 billion people mark in the world. That's way too many people. These elitist that are censoring me uh, right now, they only want about 3 billion people here. That's why there's massive death that's increasing and going to increase. That's why the new COVID, yes, I said it for Facebook to across the screen. Uh, that's why the new pandemic is flu all of a sudden. You know, I told you about a year ago, or six months, it hadn't been quite a year ago when another pastor or a lot of people said, we're living in a post-pandemic, a post-COVID. Y'all remember that, me talking about that? Post. I said, there's nothing post about this. These people are serious. They've bragged about wanting to start all over again. That's why just last week again, I told you, you know, things are uncontrollable all around us uh, with Everything in our schools or school system in the world, they're killing babies. We know about the 62 million or 63 million babies that's been killed over the past 50 years. And now that's not enough. 
I don't know if you knew about Super Tuesday that took place about a week ago. There's a lot of things that I'm just going to tell you are not super at all because while a lot of people were celebrating, and I can't even believe this, the state of Montana passed a bill that said if a child survived an abortion that they could not give it medical attention, they would have to let it lay there and die. Google it. I don't care. It'll be reworded. So, folks, there's a lot of people asleep. I expect the world to be asleep. But the Bible says that we have that same resurrection power living inside of us, and we are not ignorant of his devices. So why? Five virgins were smart, and uh, they were awake, and they were watching, they were working, they were doing, but five of them were walking out of a door of uh, sleep every day, being asleep. And I'm telling you again because I love this church here. Wake your rumps up. Amen. Wake up. I got to say it where you can hear me. Wake up. Everything, everything, one more everything, everything that's going on is well thought out. It's it's well monetized. I mean, people are being highly compensated so that people can get their wish to be God, to recreate the earth, depopulate mankind in or outside of the womb. And, and I'm sorry, but all of us in here, we are not in that elite number. So if you think you, because you don't bother nobody, and you don't post negative stuff on Facebook, they're not coming for you. Wrong. No. So everything is planned. It's well thought out. If they don't own it so they can manipulate it, they buy it. And I could go all into that all day long. But we're on our way home. We're on our way to heaven. And I want the people here to know this. This is not your home. Quit getting involved in doors that don't lead to heaven. Walk through Jesus Christ, and one day you will see him face to face. Don't walk through another door because it's got death written all over it. You know what? You got a Bible. And there's one more door. I, I'm going to finish here. There's one more door that's not up here on stage, and it's a door of grace. Hallelujah. Everybody, everybody, you might not feel like you fit any of these doors, but everybody walks not necessarily, they don't walk through this door, but everybody in here, all the people listening, no matter where they are, they walk by this door every day right now. Because it's the grace of God that is still available right now for anybody that calls on the name of the Lord to be saved. The grace of God. It's the gift of God. We're about to get into a series in about a week or two, all through Christmas, about gifts or God's gifts. And do you know that every person is walking by the door of God's grace every day. He said in Revelation 3.20, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. So his voice and his door is one that leads to abundant living. But when you don't walk out of that door, you walk by his door of grace and you say, No, nah, that's not for me right now. I'll do it later. And the Lord, the Lord has not called us. He's not appointed us to death, church, but he's appointed us to everlasting life. And when you walk by the door of grace and you say, no, nah, I, 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 I don't bother anybody. I'm not involved in bad things. It doesn't matter. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Every person is born in this world into sin. If you don't ask the Lord remorsefully, regretfully, repentantly, if you don't ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin, you will for all eternity suffer for your sins 
in hell one day that was not supposed to be for man. And it's only because while you had the door of grace in your face every day, you just said no. And that's not God's will for your life. Revelation uh, 3 and 20 is the scripture I quoted, but you need to get a picture in your mind of the Lord knocking on your door every day just wanting in. He doesn't want in just to forgive you of your sins, but he wants in your life so he can do this, so he can give you abundant life. Do you know, I think it's verse 10 maybe right here, uh, the thief does not come except for to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that I give life, and I give it more abundantly. Verse 10, do you know this is the only door? Jesus is the only door that offers you abundant life right now. No other door, not flesh, not fear, fear or doubt, not anger, not your past, not the labels people's put on you, not being just passive and asleep, but in Jesus Christ, that's the only door that you can walk out of every day and live an abundant life right now. I'm not talking about in heaven. I'm talking about now. And, you know, verse 9, when Jesus said, I am the door, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go, this is how I'm going to end today, he will go in and out and find pasture. If you're living in Jesus Christ every day of your life, when you walk out of your house, your mind is on things above, not things below or things that just happen in the house, but your mind is on Jesus. Your mind's on heaven. No matter how, you, how you're hurting in your body or, or what you got to face, your mind's just on Jesus, and you're walking like this every day. Do you know the Lord God has already put it in Scripture for you to be able to go in and out of every day of your life and in some form or another or many forms for you to find pasture? Because you're walking in Jesus. It might be a pasture of peace. But it might be a pasture. It might be prosperity so you can help get the gospel out in these closing hours. But it also might be a pasture of healing. It might be a pasture of restoration. It might be a, a, a pasture of just your home life and family life finally resembling the Word of God. Jesus said, if you walk in Him, you let Him be your door, that you will go in and out every work day, every fun day, every chore day, and you will go in and out and you will find pasture. But you'll only get that through Jesus. You can wear the label. You can love the label. You can... Uh, Embrace the door. You can say, man, this is a good door. I get a lot of attention over this door. But you'll not find pasture, not a little bit. And so the Bible tells us, in, in fact, um, I was going to read four scriptures to you, but the Lord's just pulled me off of that. And I, I want to I do one thing. Today, I want to ask you, What door is it that you walk through every day? What door is it? You, 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 you walk through a door. Now, you can say, Opie, I, I'm not high-strung like you are. I don't get worked up and all that stuff. I don't even get on the computer or I don't do a lot of this or that. Um, anything you want to say, you walk out of a door every day. You do. It's either a door you admit or you're aware of. I could ask people, to, uh, I could go down the list and say, raise your hand, raise your hand, but I don't want to do that. That's not what we need to do today on this. In your heart, you know. You know what you walk in and out of every day. And it doesn't produce if it's not Jesus. And you'll agree with that. It doesn't produce. It doesn't produce what he can give you. And a lot of people are running right now. And all you do, open the door. Open the door to Jesus. If you open the door to Jesus, then you will follow his voice. When you don't follow the voice of Jesus, you're guaranteed to walk out one of these or other, or other doors. So 
The day you need to make up your mind that you are going to follow his voice, I want you to look at this. was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. And a pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it. You got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up, and it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going <laughs> to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling and he passes out, passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you gotta wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, tell we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we gotta do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you gotta promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not gonna obey my voice, you're gonna die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're gonna crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand, without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's gonna take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage, and there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. 
They said, we're praying for you, man. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices. And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning, and knock at my door. And I open the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner and you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question. Are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. 
Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey. And there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.